Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Audio Frontier. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is Wrestling Death and is scheduled for one hour. Welcome to Wrestling Daft the Marks, hailing from Malabar, weighing now 183 pounds, have been off for the week. Uh, I'm John, producer of Wrestling Daft. I'm here and I'm joining me as ever, a man who is bigger than Sonny's criminal record. If you've seen that story, you'll get that joke. It's Big Alex. Good afternoon, John, and I've totally missed that story, so that's gone completely over my head. I'm sorry. Yeah, she's been at it again. She's been I at it again. Copy and paste every uh, Sunny article for the last three years, and you'll uh, know what's going on. Yeah, exactly. And that man speaking right there breaks more stories than Tony Hawk's breaks bones. It's Gary Cassidy. <laughs> I like that reference, because all I've been doing the past uh, few weeks is playing Tony Hawk's, and I'm still trying to campaign that Darby Allen needs to be a playable character in the remake when it comes out. That's Are they happened. doing a remake? The remake yeah, what if they're doing a proper remake this time. None of that bullshit Tony Hawk's HD that didn't even have multiplayer nonsense. <laughs> there better be a lot of ska punk involved in the new Tony Hawk's. Otherwise, well, I think it'll be game. like all Ramones, John. It'll be Blitzkrieg pop from the beginning of the game to the end. It'll be classic. Excellent. That's the best thing about Tony Hawk's games. Who did you used to play, play as when you played Tony Hawk's back in the day? Oh, I'm a mark for Tony Hawk. Oh, did you? I was I was Bob Burnquist. One of my oh. friends was Bam Margera, and we all laughed at him for picking Bam Margera. It's because the jackass, isn't it? Um, so yeah, enough Tony Hawk's chat. Let's get on to the end of the wrestling. Well, I mean, um, it's relevant. Tony Hawk was literally in the wrestling. No, he wasn't in the wrestling this week, but he's been in the wrestling recently. He has been in the recent wrestling recently, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to skateboarding daft. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was not. I was never a skateboarder. I can, Gary. I can imagine you were a skateboarder. No, I tried it and uh, done my knee the very first time I tried it. So I just stuck to Tony Hawk's. <laughs> Alex, you're too big to be a skateboarder, surely. Do I look like a man that has any form of control of my limbs or balance? <laughs> no, you're like me. Well, <laughs> so skateboarding daft. That'll be our uh, shoot off podcast from this. Uh, even though others can skateboard. Um, but, first uh, interview, Tony Hawk. Yeah, John's got it lined up. Yeah, we'll get that sorted out. Uh, so. Um, we need to get into Gary uh, this week. There's a couple of things been happening with Gary. If you've been monitoring his Twitter, which of course you can get him at Wrestling Gary on Twitter. Right, first thing we need to come to first. A um, couple of weeks ago on the show, um, you had the big exclusive scoop on the fact that Carl Anderson was and um, Gallows were signing for Impact. Since then, obviously there was it's all kind of it blew up on Twitter. People were claiming the story. People were saying it's a lot of rubbish. But worryingly, Carl Anderson has started following you on Twitter, Gary. Aye. Uh, randomly, I, I followed him. He's one of, you know, I don't follow many people that don't follow me. Uh, I'm one of those vain people that's like that. Right. But, uh, but Gallows and Anderson are two people that I do follow just because I broke the news and it was like, if anything happens, I want to see what happens first. Yeah. So I follow him, but never interact with the guy. And then suddenly, yesterday out of nowhere, I just get a Carl Anderson follows you on Twitter, and I'm like, ooh, because um, 
my pinned tweet was the tweet that is about them signing with Impact. So obviously, there's this full kind of etiquette thing where if you write about somebody, you don't tag them because then they kind of maybe need yeah. to respond. They had posted a few things about it, and I do, um, again, this is where I put my foot in my mouth, um, but I do have almost certainty that they are going to appear at Slammiversary about as certain as I can be on it. Um, a load of people that are in the know have came out since that story uh, came out and said that they are. So I don't have any fears there. But my fear is, Carl Anderson gone, you've ruined your debut. I'm going to battle you. Uh, but no, I decided I'll just shoot my shot, send them a wee email uh, or a DM, sorry, as the kids call it on Twitter. And uh, I was like, Hey man. I so sorry, you're... so sorry. Don't bother me, Carl. <laughs> no, I played it ridiculously cool and I was like, hey man, I know you've got a very busy couple of weeks coming up. Wink, wink. Uh, I'd type the winks in there. Uh, but well, if you're... Otherwise, you were not getting a fucking <laughs> no, response to that, were you? <laughs> no. But I was like, uh, if you fancy an interview at any point to promote uh, Talking Shop Mania, which is their side project that's coming up, I would love to interview you. Um, and I got a response saying, yeah, brother, sounds good. So. So you're going to get battered and we might get an interview with Carl Anderson. Is this what you're telling us, Gary? So the latter part, yes. Um, but I'm not sure about the first part. I think uh, I think he might still take me to task during the interview Excellent. on quite a few things. But you, either way, pretty cool. Do you think he's trying to lure you in to then basically get more <laughs> details so he can batter you? Say, oh yeah, yeah, I'll do that interview. Just give me your home address, bro. He's going to feed me some false info and completely discredit me uh, <laughs> on Twitter. And he'll be fine until the American travel ban's lifted anyway. So he's got a couple of <laughs> Yeah, you'll be all right. You'll be all right. You can get ready for Carl Anderson. It's yeah, yeah, it's bulk up, man. You'll be fine, man. You're um, just going to start like, look, bribing Luke Gallows. So find out what Luke Gallows likes <laughs> and then bribe him to turn on Carl Anderson. Then everyone's okay. I've got to say there's more interesting stuff happening on Gary's Twitter. If you've been monitoring this week, I noticed this because I was, I was off last week. So I was on Twitter quite a bit. Um Ringside News, Gary. Now tell us the story behind Ringside News trying to basically take you down. Yeah, so this happened a few weeks ago. Uh, and another kind of publication, like, I, I never take anything they say seriously anyway. Um, they're one of the few publications that I'll just, if they say something, I won't trust it. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll try not to be too public about it uh, until... A couple of weeks ago, and they, they've always credited my interviews and stuff like that, so no much heat there, um, normally credited correctly. But a couple of weeks ago, uh, it was the same week as the Jeff Hardy-Seamus P story, for yeah. anybody that remembers that. So obviously I broke that news, everybody credited me for it, brilliant, we're all good. Uh, two days after that was Backlash, and I posted a story on why Backlash was called the greatest wrestling match ever. And then Ringside News claimed that I completely stole all that information for them. Of course, I tried to be the guy that, you know, just sends them a message to go, this is how to prove that I didn't. Um, they did actually post a story on it on the Friday, I believe a couple hours, three or four hours before I ran the story. But I showed them the message that I got. I blanked out all the information, but I had the message that said, this is why it was called. And then I blanked out everything else, showed the timestamp. And I was like, I received this three days ago. The reason I didn't post it is because the source that told me it is the same source that said the P-Story thing. So obviously I had to make sure that played out first. Otherwise, I'm chucking out a load of information. I'd rather be wrong with one than two. Um, but yeah, they didn't let go of that. Uh, and they sent out a wee email about that, which I found out about, but didn't say anything about. 
but they sent around an email trying to discredit me for that. Cool. Happens. Uh, I found out about it because a lot of the people they emailed are people I'm friends with who are journalists that I respect, who respect me, uh, and respect me more than they respect RSN. So, last week, I think last Thursday, <laughs> a big, massive email gets sent, and the first two lines that are fine, it's a, uh, hi there, it's Steve from Ringside News. Uh, we've been running exclusives that other people have been stealing, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, right, if that's what you think, that's cool. Send that to people. And if you would like us to send our exclusives to you, you can cover it for us. This was to a load of different outlets. Not to me, obviously, and not to several other people because they named me and Sean Ross Sapp were the main two as people who have been thieving stories from them. Uh, they, no proof whatsoever um, and completely wrong because Sean Ross Sapp is always there before them on everything. Um, but they named both of us. They called me Newcomer uh, with a space in between it. Despite the fact That's my favourite bit. That was my favourite Despite the fact that they've been covering my interviews for three and a half years. Uh, that, that's one wee thing. Um, and they also called me Multiple Offender, uh, which I liked as well. But yeah, that, and then they slated Sean Ross Sapp. And they did in the end there, they also accused <laughs> PW Insider, Ryan Satin and Dave Meltzer of stealing <laughs> their stories. <laughs> <laughs> can, can, can I just ask how do they how do they say that you stole these stories like what's the what's the plot here how did you go about this have you like hacked into their server are you like monitoring their phones I mean how does this work apparently they believe that I just read the news on their website and posted it immediately after despite right. the fact that I proved that I hadn't um, but yeah they've, they've embarrassed themselves a load I don't know if anybody's seen the news about Tegan Knox this week so she is in a relationship with a woman um, you know, which, bro, it's seen the post now. I was like, man, that's a really nice post, nice photo, nice to see people happy. Um, but they posted, Tegan Knox is a lesbian or is in a lesbian relationship. And it's like, she didn't actually say that. She could easily be bisexual, pansexual, anything like that. And you're just using that for bait. And they used a photo that wasn't Tegan Knox. And that's Brilliant. just one of the things. They've, they've been anti Semitic on their posts before. They've been, you know, bigoted in a load of ways. So for me, while, you know, it's nice to please everybody. It's nice to always be friendly and, and stuff with everybody. I don't really mind being on the wrong side of them uh, because if I'm on the same side as Sean Ross Sapp, Ryan Satin, Dave Meltzer, Mike Johnson, I think I'd rather be on that side than, than, than <laughs> on that side. I think I'm on the right side here. I think Jesus, I'm okay. this is better than some of the wrestling angles that we've got here right at the moment. Jeez. And I have to say, we're on your side as well, guys. So here's a message for Ringside News. Fuck you guys. <laughs> and that's John's promo this week. I <laughs> know <laughs> uh, I should have put I should have handed over the promo on the mic to Gary to cut a promo on Ring Five News. That's what I should have done. Uh, yeah, we've got the promo coming up in just a minute. Uh, all the stuff we've got on the show as well, of course. We've got the latest views, news and reviews. Um, Big Alex, make us turn Japanese once again as we look at the finale of the NJPW Cup. Looking forward to that, Alex. Was it good? It was excellent. Well, there was also, I. It's the cup is normally a couple of weeks before Dominion, but because they've had to push the cup back, Dominion was the day after. So I completely forgot about that and find myself rushing to watch that last Right, I, I need to find out what Dominion is and we'll get into all that <laughs> in fun Japanese a bit later on. Uh, Fantasy Booking Island, Gary, you've got the book this week. What are we doing on the islands? So, complete transparency up until yesterday, I believe it was, you guys mentioned. I completely forgot that I was victorious last week because it's such a rare occurrence. Yeah. Uh, so, I decided, ah, let's go a bit different again. 
this week apparently is Women's Revolution Week. So yeah. there's been rumours that there might be an Evolution 2. Stephanie McMahon's on the bump tomorrow. No idea if there's going to be any announcement whatsoever, but because I would really like there to be an Evolution 2, I decided that you guys are just going to book the card for Evolution 2. Simple as that. No other restrictions. Just book Evolution 2. Excellent. Look forward to that later on. But first, it's that time of the show where we like to cut a promo. I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. Right, give me the mic, someone. Uh, Alex was on the promo last week, so I've got a lot of pent-up rage that I need to let go of here. Let's fucking have it right now. Horror show at Extreme Rules. What the actual fuck is that all about? Not why, even Halloween. Why, why, why have they suddenly put a pre-title in front of the title for the pay-per-view? What, this is just an angle to get over some shit cinematic matches. So what looks like we're going to have on the card this weekend is a swamp match that no one has ever... Unless someone's getting eaten by a fucking alligator, what is the point in a swamp match, right? It, I mean, listen, I might be, it might be amazing. I don't know... But that sounds shit. And then we've got the fucking eye for an eye match, where the winner is decided by someone taking out the fucking eye. Now, we all live in, you know, we're all wrestling fans, so, you know, we suspend belief, you know. But are we really taking someone's fucking eye out to win a match? Like, and this is the thing at the moment, Ray's apparently already blind in one eye. So if he gets his eye, other eye taken out by Seth in this match, there's going to be just blind Mysterio doing hurricanes <laughs> off the top rope. What? They're also not allowed blood, so they've got to do it with no blood at all. So it's got to be with a clean eye pool. Just no. And then they've just said, they've just, it's, I don't know what's come first. It's like the chicken or the egg. Has the title come before the matches? Has the matches come before the title? Is this going to make more people watch Extreme Rules? And just while we're on Extreme Rules, for that fact, most of the matches on the card are just don't even have any Extreme Rules. What is the fucking point? Is it called Extreme Rules? So every match should have some sort of extreme stipulation, in my humble opinion. Instead, we're left with the fucking horror show of the Swamp match and the Eye for the Eye match, and then just lots of normal matches around it. I put right, it to you, I mean, John, what's more extreme than losing your eye? There is nothing more extreme than losing <laughs> eye, okay? There is nothing more extreme than losing eye. But, like, really? I hope Braun Strowman gets eaten by an alligator. All right, that's the only one that I can let off because I've heard a rumour that they're going to do Braun Strowman versus the three faces of Bray Wyatt. So the swamp is for, like, the middle Bray Wyatt is for the original cult leader Bray Wyatt. Right. Randy burned down his house, so he can't do it in his house, so he's only got a swamp. Is Husky Harris going to be involved in the, the three faces I mean, that could be the next Nexus invasion, John. That could be another positive thing to come out of it. If it doesn't end in Braun Strowman wrestling an alligator, I will be very disappointed. But anyway, horror show at Extreme Rules, bollocks. One thing to add to that, I've got a feeling you might not have seen Raw last night for cutting that promo. So just wait for uh, my buddies and putovers. <laughs> right, okay. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> Right, okay, it's business time on wrestling, Dad, where we basically come with our caps in hand and ask you to give us money. Yep, it's our Patreon service, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft, where you can get lots more content from us. Um, 
there is various amounts of money you can pay to us. And in all those various amounts of money, you can get different things. There you go, that's how that works. Um, tier 1, you can be a Cruiserweight Champion. $4 a month, you get ad-free versions of all episodes, you get early episode access, you get bonus content from the shows, you get full video version of this very podcast so you can see our women backgrounds, uh, and you can vote on what happens on the list of wrestling daft. Can I just yeah. quickly interject and just yes. say that when you say women's backgrounds, you make that sound very, <laughs> very pervy. No, no, no. no. Yeah, I, I, it's not pervy. It's female wrestlers that we appreciate are in our backgrounds and there's nothing terrible. Well, that's a little bit better, John. That's a little bit better. Thank you very much for that. I will continue. Tier 2 Intercontinental Champion, $10 a month. Uh, you get the video version of the Headline Podcast with Rab and Gradle each week. Invite to our Patreon-only pay-per-view parties. We've not done one of those in a wee while. We should do one this weekend. At the horror show at, at Extreme Rules. That know. You should, are you dressing up, John? Are you going to go full horror show, like full Rocky Horror Picture Show on this bad boy? Do you know what? I th- this is just a, a group decision, a group confab. So would you rather do the? Would you want to do it live, or should we do it on the Monday night? I, I'm happy to do a rewatch on the Monday night. Yeah, Monday night would be fine. Monday night, that. okay. We're decided right now. We're having a pay per view Patreon party with us on Monday night, so if you, you, we can all watch it together. So get involved, and you can get involved that and tier two of our Patreon level. So that's patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Tier three, world heavyweight champion. Oh, I also mentioned in tier two, you'll get a bonus episode once a month and we're hoping to have the next bonus episode, which will be done in the next week or so, is Rab on Wrestling. So we're going to have a bit of a chat with Rab about how he got into wrestling, uh, Kelvin Brawl, all that sort of stuff that he organised and has written. So that'll be really interesting, I think. Uh, tier three, world heavyweight champion, $20 a month, everything in the previous tiers. Free tickets for live events when they eventually happen. We know that will be around the corner, hopefully. Um, free wrestling daft t-shirt of your choice if you sign up for a minimum of three months. Plus a chance to come onto the show as a mark on this show or a new feature starting this week on the headline show. You get to do the run-in where you basically get to come on, uh, ask Rab and Gregor any, any opinions about wrestling, about the current product, um, about the past, or just whatever uh, Gredo's favourite macaroni recipe is, you can do that by signing up for Tier 3 and you can do a run-in on the headline show. Uh, so if you do fancy any of that stuff, please get involved. Patreon.com forward slash Wrestling Daft. We'd love to welcome you to the Wrestling Daft community because we're all friends there. <laughs> Every week we like to look back at the shows from the television, all the big shows, you know the ones, AEW, NXT, SmackDown, Raw, yeah, yeah, we do it every week, so you know what the crack is, and we bury and put over stuff from those shows. We have a new rule called the Jen Louise stipulation after Jen Louise was on this show from ICW, and she wanted to promote the power of positivity where we get two putovers and only one buddy, however... It's up to the people on the panel to decide whether they invoke that or not. So first of all, let's introduce our uh, guest Mark for this week. He's been on before. He's one of our patrons. We love the guy. It's Scotty Kirkwood. How you doing, Scott? Hi, good, mate. How's yourselves? Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Jumping in at the good. last minute, you know, to be completely legit, you know, you know, I'm shooting here, I'm shooting here. I was on holiday, so I hadn't, ar- hadn't, hadn't arranged a guest, Mark. So I put it out on the Patreon and said, anyone want to come on the show? Scotty, 
jumped up because he's off this week. So uh, thanks for coming that's, on. By the way, that, that's before I watched SmackDown. If I'd watched it on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> so I lured you in with that and you had to watch SmackDown. We'll get to you in a minute, my friend, because from everyone I think that I've heard from, there's one big spot that I think everyone's want to bury. Uh, we'll find out if you bury it or not. Um, but first of all, let's go over to our AEW mark. It's Big Alex. We were back in Daly's place for night two of Fighter Fest that included Brody Lee going to the tailor and getting a fucking suave new burgundy suit. It was cool. And they also pivoted away from having sexy beach girls and instead had old commentary men on shirts making really stupid jokes. So <laughs> That's every week, is it not? Yeah, it was, it was kind of worse this week. JR made a joke about a phone call in relation to Zoom. It was totally over the head. And I believe Tony Schiavone described private party as a written down. Two cool dudes, and they just have a good time. <laughs> That's some great commentary right there, Tony. That's some great commentary. <laughs> it's really starting to slip. But on to the berries and putovers. So I'm going to start by putting over the team of Hangman Page and Kenny Omega, because they've, if you sit back and look at the body of work the two of them have produced over the past six months, it's actually been terrific. And this match was just another one of those matches. They're consistently just banging it out of the park. I mean, they are like completely competing with a lot of these tag teams that have been established for years, and it's both kind of out of their elements. So just have natural chemistry and natural timing. It's great. I love it. I kind of don't want them to break up now, but I kind of do want them to break up now. <laughs> I can't really decide, to be honest. But yeah, it's carrying on. It's carrying on. Now, for my first bury this week, I have to kind of bury myself because as the resident AEW mark I take great pride that in my house the Wednesday Night War is always won by AEW but this week I, I may have I may have watched NXT first because I wanted to see the end of the main event I've also got a little bit of a conspiracy theory about that which I'm just going to drop in now right? I think I know what you're going to say yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> like, am I the only one who's seeing like a little bit of correlations back into the day of Tony Schiavone releasing a uh, giving away the win of Mick Foley winning the title? Yep, that's. Uh, I'm not sure if that is the case. We'll see if Indus Share won the Tag Team Championship <laughs> next week on NXT. Uh, but, and, and also, I was watching it to see if I could see Sorav and the Share on his phone at the end. I was desperate to see if you could see him taking the photo. Uh, but no, I think it's definitely something that, on being the elite, they obviously referenced it, and I think that backfired a little bit because that um, match got almost a million people watching on NXT for the last main event, uh, the main event segment. And I think I don't remember what the number was for AEW, but it was obviously a lot less. So maybe there was. A, I reckon it would be deliberately because it's always about seven fifty each. So it's just two hundred and fifty did what I did and jumped over to NXT. Yep. So, yeah, I kind of have to bury myself for that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Cody. I'm sorry. Can you please, please, please forgive me? <laughs> but bury number two that's actually related. Nyla Rose's new obsession with a manager. Why, why is that a thing? And can I just give you my prediction right now? Can I give you mine as well? I did, yeah. Right, on three, say who you think it is. One, two, three. Awesome Randy Rhodes. Has. Oh. <laughs> so it was like three different answers right? that so was I'm, three totally different answers so I think we're going to get the 18th Brandy Rhodes heel turn because Show that seems to be what they do really? I am seen Brandy in ages oh, I said Taz I think he's going to build a stable ooh that's a good mm. shout um, awesome Kong I've went for because she's not been on yeah. telly 
for for ages and seems like a nice fit. I don't think I think Kong needs a mouthpiece rather than being a mouthpiece. Aye, maybe, maybe. That's rubbish. Awesome Kong's good in the mic. I think so, but I don't think she's ever really had the chat. Like I, I can't think of an awesome Kong promo or because even like back in the day of TNA, back in the the glory days of that TNA knockout division. She was pretty much a silent... She was just the big silent hero who just came out and dommed everyone. Yeah. So, character's never been... I mean, don't get me wrong, she has a character, but I think silence is part of that character. Mm. But she did go. You know, she's an actress now, so... Yeah, yeah. That'll be interesting. Anyway, we'll no, see... I, I'm, if she, if she comes out next week, cuts an amazing promo and becomes that and starts her own little faction, I'm totally okay with that. I don't mean to poo-poo that at all. Like, yeah, it won't be Brandy Rhodes, so you're right. It's Brandy Rhodes. <laughs> it's got to be Brandy, because Brandy hasn't been on TV in ages. Exactly. It, they're, they're still trying to find the space for Brandy, so Nightmare Collective Round 2, fucking boo. Yeah. <laughs> and my second put-over... Is going to be old Tazzy boy because he's been brilliant these last couple of weeks and he really solidly put over Brian Cage. I quite like. I mean, I didn't. I didn't know the existence of the FTW Championship. I'll put my hand up right now, but I went out and did my research on it. Not sure if any of you did. I'm a big man for it because I love the ECW as a kid. Yeah. It makes no sense. Aye. <laughs> I don't think it makes sense. I no. think a, a few weeks ago. I think a few weeks ago, introducing the FTW belt when Mox was off the telly would have made sense, but rather than this week. week, yeah, I, I agree. Got, I think they might have. They've got a match scheduled for uh, on dark, so they're recognising it as a title. Have they? Aye, aye. It's just a squash Brian match. Though, do you know what I mean? It's. I, I know. Aye, I know. I know. <laughs> it's just Brian Cage losing dark the day before he goes on to fight John Moxley the week <laughs> after on the fucking night show. Like. But That'd be amazing, to be fair. That, yeah. I swear that would be. <laughs> It'd be ridiculous, wouldn't it? If it's like, say, like, Sonny Kiss comes out and wins the baddest motherfucker on the planet, like, Championship <laughs> or something like that. I think, as, I think as well, there's been... UFC have the bad motherfucker championship yeah. as well. Aye. It's related to Dwayne, and I think they had another fight for that at UFC Fight Island, did they not? Or there was talk of it? I'm Masvidal and Usman. That's the one. Or as John Oliver said, they should have called it just UFC. But they totally missed that. Like, <laughs> so yeah, I think there's a little bit of that maybe provoked them to do it. So yeah, no, it was good, and it, it's like the way that they were linking it back to something that happened in Taz's career. Yeah, like, like, having these throwbacks, and it, it made sense to me anyway. So I'm putting it over. Right, so I'm putting it over, and I'm keeping it. Right, good, good. And match of the night was that beautifully ridiculous eight-man 4v4 oh. absolute clusterfuck of <laughs> nonsense. It was fantastic. It, that, that is a match of the year contender at this moment. I was it was so good. Did you, the, the five, what was it? The, the Canadian pile the Canadian, all yeah, off the road. Unbelievable. Some spots in that, I have to it say. Was, it was amazing, right? Am I the only other one as well who really wants an FTR heel turn to go with Tully Blanchard? And like ah, yeah, start a little stable with Sean Oh, that'd be class. Yeah, I don't thought about that. Yeah, that's a good. Which I thought would be really good, and I think it would work. And because it's got to be them that turns heel. I don't think you turn the box heel. You no. just turn FTR. Bucks are two faced. You can't. Nah, I think you bucks. I think you've got to go box heel. I think you've got to go box heel. I think I think they were better as a heel team. No, because then that destroys the Kenny Omega heel turn. We can only have one heel <laughs> turn from the elite, and we're having Kenny Omega. Right, okay, we're okay. talking about this for literal months. 
<laughs> right, okay. Let's move on to the competitor, which you watched as well, Alex. Uh, <laughs> so before you watched the AEW, it was night two of the Great American Bash. And as, you know, we've uh, alluded to there, that leaked photo, I think, has turned eyes towards, obviously, Keith Lee winning the two championships. It was a really good card. Uh, we had the street fight between... Um, uh, Mia Ken, uh, Yim and Candice, uh, Tony Nice, Bronson Reed, Gargano versus Isaiah Swerve Scott. By the way, if it wasn't for the main event, what a match that was. Yeah, if you get the chance Aye. to see it. And Legado del Fantasma versus Bizango and Drake, which I was a bit disappointed. I, I, was, I don't know why. I was, I was expecting more from Bizango and Drake, but never mind. <laughs> but why on earth is Mendoza being billed as a cruiserweight? Raul Mendoza is not a cruiserweight. He is a bargain. Like, yes, I agree. I, I agree. He's like 240 pounds. He is not 205 pounds. That, I would love to get the weight side for half the cruiserweights in NXT, but by the by, um, let's go over to the putovers first. Right, by the way, I'm going to put over a spot. I thought the Mia Yim and Candice LeRae street fight was brilliant, yep. right? And we put over this, this, there was a spot on it where there was a swinging net breaker off a table onto steel chairs. What a lovely spot, a beautiful, beautiful spot. I have to say, it was tremendous. Um, that was the match that I wasn't too bothered about. It, it looked brilliant. It looked absolutely, it did look agony, Scott, you're right, but it looked, it looks so, so. It looked That was the match that I was like, I'm not too bothered about this match. It's probably the one I'm looking forward to least on the card. And I think if, you know, Keith Lee, Adam Cole wasn't on that, you know, and wasn't as brilliant as it was, that would have been match of the night. It would have been absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I'll go see your gimmick. <laughs> see, I'm the, I, didn't, I, didn't really, I didn't really like me a gimmick, but that, that match was unbelievable. I'm a, big, I'm a big fan of Mia Yim's work. <laughs> I, know I'm in the mi- I know I'm in the minority. <laughs> I know. Don't worry, there's a lot of people that, you know, that have... I'm, I'm meh, if that helps. I'll take that. But, uh, so, yeah, I'm, um, I'm, I'm putting over that spot, and I, I, the match as a whole was really, really good. However, however, that leads me on to my buddy. The buffet at the performance center pretty lackluster. <laughs> they did a spot, you know, where they went outside the ring onto the buffet table, couple of packets of crisps, a few oranges, a couple of uh, protein bars. It must have been filmed in the morning because it was like a breakfast buffet. You know, well, a little, that's, it's, it's recorded at full sale, so maybe it's the tuck shop that's just stayed there since... Uh, it, since it, <laughs> it, it was a pretty lackluster buffet, I'm, if I'm honest. So that, that's the big buddy I have. Let, I'll move on from... The, there was at a spot with the uh, brass knucks where faces should never use brass knucks for me. Faces should never. It's not a. It's not a face thing to do. And some, you know, Tegan Knox's accent. I'll move on from that as well. Just trying, just doing the whole Drew trying to be in this American, but totally disguising her Welsh accent as well, which comes over a bit weird. Anyway, we're just doing one buddy because it was a great show. So I'm only doing one buddy this week, and that'll be the lackluster buffet. Uh, so the other thing we've got to put over. Um, I think we've got just, I think the main event as a whole, I thought it was with Keith Lee at the moment, the way they're pushing him, Adam Rowe, COVID kind of run its course. The fact that Undisputed Era weren't even involved in the match, which I thought was really good, and it was a really queen-queen victory. Um, Be interested to see what they do with the belts going forward, but I think the right man went over at the right time. And I'll be interested to see what happens to the Undisputed Era now going forward. Did, but you, did you notice that um, Legado del Fantasma have started wearing 
armbands. You can't have two heel factions on the same show both wearing armbands, John. <laughs> too <laughs> much Nazis, too many SS references. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you think Undisputed Era are, are moving up to the main roster then? Or breaking up. One of the two. I think oh. it, I, I personally would like to see them keep the gimmick and go up and try. I think it's I think I'd it's Royal's course in NXT, but I think there is room for it on the main roster. I, I think it's the strongest faction that the, the WWE have had in years, and I think the whole package, the concept, I think it, it'd be foolish to throw it away. But I'll be I honest. don't think any of them. I don't think any of them. Not even Adam Cole would survive on the main roster without it. It's a shame. Oh, interesting. interesting. Like, I don't think without like you look at someone like the, the person I'd compare. Adam Cole too would be Daniel Bryan and look at what it took to get Daniel Bryan over. Did you notice well, that, in the company's eyes? Did you notice that they tried to they did one of these tail of the tapes on the NXT and they tried to build Adam Cole as six foot <laughs> yes. and Keith Lee as six foot two. <laughs> now putting him back to back, by the way, you know what your mum used to do? Go back to back, son. <laughs> There's no way there's two inches between those two. Someone's lying. And I also heard that Adam Cole is only like six months older than me, and I'm just like, oh God, what have I done with my life? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, match of the match of the night, obviously Keith Lee and Adam Cole. Though, like I say, uh, I thought the Gargano uh, Swerve match was was really good, and the, the street fight was, a, like, was the big surprise. Was a big surprise. So that was NXT. Scott, thanks for coming on. Let's go to SmackDown. Now, do you, how many bodies do you want this week? Do you just want the one? Do you want the one? No, I'm just going to do the one because we'll be here all night if we're talking about the, the, all the bodies. Right, okay. <laughs> if I actually came out, I'll do the putovers first because they're short. Give us putover, <laughs> but let's give us putover, buddy, putover. We'll do the shit sandwich. We'll try and keep it positive. <laughs> the GLS. Or the GLS. So, first put over, same as like the last time I was on, Bailey and Sasha. They're the best thing about WWE, the new, in my opinion. Seem to be absolutely everywhere and they're just knocking it out of the park. I think, uh, I can't remember, was it Kevin Owens that got the advice with Stone Cold to not shut up in the ring? I think Bailey's took that advice on as well. Just constant abuse to everybody she's in the ring with. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, the match, it's also my match of the night as well. I actually really liked that it. it was this Sasha, Bailey, Alexa, and Nikki Cross. But yeah. I think uh, just the way that Sasha and Bailey have been going, I think they're the best thing in wrestling. The new, in all honesty, I thought they had ruined Bailey, but she's she's getting right back up there. In all honesty, uh, the other putover uh, is that we're getting Matt Riddle and AJ next week. And that's about it, to be honest. I like <laughs> to be over putting over. So it. not even the show. It's just the fact that we're getting Matt Riddle. It's the fact we're getting Matt Riddle in that next week. Right, okay. There's no really much else to put over than all this stuff. Right, okay. Grateful. Now let me guess, what could your buddy be? Oh, would it be anything to do with a match card? <laughs> I can't think. Hang on, I'll go Karaoke Fridays. Oh, yeah. God. And well and truly buried. <laughs> honestly, honestly, just see when I seen it was announced, I was like, this is going to be bad. So I had expectations that it was going to be bad. Absolutely hellish. I swear to God, if Tamina got out of that asylum, I was taking her place. <laughs> <laughs> so, where do we think it ranks alongside, like, uh, this is Bailey. your Bailey, this is your life, and what? why, and the Seamus uh, Jeff Hardy one? I think, I think that karaoke one might be the worst segment I've ever seen. Because at least the Seamus Jeff Hardy one was funny. Aye. He built up a pint glass. That was hilarious. It made sense. <laughs> but, oh, honestly, I hated it. Absolutely hated it. I don't know. Like, see, like Naomi, she is completely wasted. Aye. There. 
She's absolutely unreal. And yet she's dangerous. She's a fucking actor. That's all it is. They just see Vince like, oh, you mean Brodus is Brodus is dancer? I, oh, absolutely dire. But Green Creative actually thought that was a good idea. Who went in with the picture that? I mean, it's got Vince written all over it, hasn't it? It's got like, I, oh, we to do some of these girls. Oh, let's have a karaoke competition. No, I'm watching the voice at the weekend. No. <laughs> There must, you know, there must have been folk or something though there because they showed the money in the bank match with Bray and Braun and then so, they showed then then that was right at the back here. I'm going what is going on here uh, so this was recorded last week or obviously it was last week so the week before they recorded two Smackdowns and uh, if right. you remember see the Smackdown the week before the first like 90 minutes it was brilliant and I, then they ended with that Seamus Jeff Hardy thing which Jeff was, Hardy but aye, and then obviously this so I'm going did they record that in one chronological go and then it just suddenly go like shiter and shiter the way we go into it <laughs> but that was um, so that was uh, oh, when I, I woke up on the Saturday I, I woke up on the Saturday and I had a message for the person that first told me about the Seamus Jeff Hardy P segment could we, uh, he, could we give him like a name like Deep Throat or something <laughs> <laughs> he needs an official name, like a podcast name. I wouldn't think of one, but that was uh, they'd literally just say, No way, instead of Deep Throat, can we call him Chokeslam? <laughs> <laughs> so, Chokeslam had uh, just said, This is crazy backstage, it's the worst I've ever seen it. And obviously, the thing I keep saying this every week, I get told multiple rewrites, but I'm going, There's only like you, you need to stop reporting multiple rewrites because you can't report it every week, otherwise, it's no news anywhere, it's just the norm. Um, but that was it seems like the like the second weeks obviously you said there they done the the rerun of the the what was it extreme or money in the bank the money match. in the bank. I, by the way, I fast forwarded it till I got to there, and I didn't realise it was money in the bank till there was no crowd. I'm going <laughs> sure I've seen something. I said, all right. So why are they having a match before extreme rules? <laughs> right, that makes sense. Oh, so I was going to say, if that's been rewrites, what has been left on that cutting room flare? Aye. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably all the good stuff that's been left in the cutting room floor. Cesaro Matt Riddle. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't want that. Put on the karaoke. karaoke in. <laughs> right, so we can expect a TikTok dance competition probably next week. I've done that ideas, already. John. Stop giving them ideas. <laughs> <laughs> At least that would have been modernised rather than a karaoke, you know. I've not seen it. Did it have the bouncing ball thing going on with the words at the bottom? Oh, I wish it did. No. That'd be it, should have, it should have done that, really. Have. Maybe it did. I don't remember. Oh, right. forget. It was literally just one of those, so it just cut them off after about 10 seconds. <laughs> Utter gash. Gash. Right, okay. <laughs> well, let's hope that Raw was a little bit better, Gary. Was it? Aye. Um, so we mentioned <laughs> that it is uh, Women's Revolution Week, and there's definitely a bit of a theme to my putovers here as well. My first put over was seeing Bianca Belair back on TV. It's been a while. She was, you know, I think it's been one of the biggest kind of, I'd have almost rather they didn't show her in the first place because they kind of gave her what a match and then a kind of half, I think they gave her three matches in the one night on the Rock because that was the one we all had the qualifications. But either or they just left her off TV if they were going to do that. But she was back last night. She was teaming with Ruby Riot, and she got Ruby Riot her first win. In 13 matches, uh, she uh, they teamed up against the Iconics. Bianca Belair was backstage doing a wee interview. She was brilliant at that. She was brilliant in the ring. I'm just like, you have been given a chance and you've taken it. And she was absolutely amazing. So brilliant to see her back. And I want to pitch a name for the tag team of Bianca and Ruby. I cool. think they should be called 
underrated and underestimated, but you capitalize the two R's for Ruby Riot and underrated and capitalize the EST for Bianca Belair because that's her nickname. So if they oh, yeah. continue with that, you can have that one for free WWE <laughs> other than a karaoke segment. Um, what about Riot hair? <laughs> what? Where does the hair come from? Yeah, Cabela yeah, uses her hair all the time. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's Aye. Fair enough. Okay, I don't know. Uh, he says Ryan hair. Jordan Devlin and Finn Balor's tag team as I should be Ryan here. Uh, but I so my Barry <laughs> my Barry I'm very glad that Scott decided to put over an advert in his advert for next week uh, the, the Matt Riddle AJ Styles match because my Barry is an advert it's not even something that happened on the show John you mentioned earlier how much you hate this the horror show Extreme Rules the advert, they've seemingly added a sound effect to the advert. And it's, if any remember Sable's theme tune, the weird kind of scream roar thing that happened, mm. every time they play an Extreme Rules advert, now that happens at the start. And I was lying in bed watching this at three in the morning because I was working at six in the morning. And every time an advert comes on, you've got a really weird scream to try and continue with the Halloween theme. But aye, terrible, absolutely terrible. I don't understand if they were doing this in October, this horror show thing, and do the Halloween. Halloween Havoc. Why? 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 But I so the other put over. My first one was Bianca Belair returning. We've not seen her for a long time. The second one is Shayna Baszler returning. Um, and she was absolutely brilliant. Now, she gets a lot of stick because, you know, she's maybe not what people expect to a wrestler. Maybe because Ronda Rousey came in at the time that she was really, you know, making waves in NXT. And obviously she was booked really strongly at the start of the year. Man, she was brilliant last night. She came out and interrupted uh, John's favourite wrestler, Akira Tozawa, and R-Truth in the middle of the ring. She laid waste to two of the ninjas, or three of the ninjas, can't remember. But then there was one beautiful moment where R-Truth was, was like, I'm out, and he threw the mic. She just caught the mic, you know, swift as you like. A Quite a hard thing to do, catching a microphone under pressure, and just cut a brilliant promo, but staring down the barrel of the, the camera. Nothing else, just a promo. And it just made me excited to see what she's going to do going forward. But I was like, they've just packaged her the right way. And yet again, it's just a case of, why did you know they this earlier? Same as Bianca Belair. Why did you leave them off TV for so long? But both of them returning, both had to be put over. Both absolutely incredible. I have to say that mic catch was incredible. I did see a picture. It was like a cricketer would be proud of that crap. Aye. Absolutely amazing. And credit to R-Truth as well, because obviously it was in the throw. Uh, the throw had to be good for the catch to be good. So, uh, <laughs> but, um, Gary, this wasn't live though, was it? See, I'm not sure. That's the thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I kind of want to believe it was. I, it's the one time that I don't know when Raw and SmackDown were recorded. I know SmackDown last week was recorded the week before. This Raw, I can't find out when it was recorded. So no idea if it was live, if it was, you know, if it took 17 takes or, or what. But either way, it was good. Either way, it was good. Absolutely. Match of the night, Gary. Match of the night. Scott's already mentioned them. Sasha and Bailey. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, 28 minute main event. When do you really see that on Roy anymore? No much. Um, but Sasha and Bailey v. Asuka, Kairi Sane. It was, again, one of those matches where, you know, obviously 90% of me is thinking, well, Sasha and Bailey are going to win this. But they, the match was so good that the, the kind of the near falls and the, the uh, kind of false finishes were so good that I was thinking at some points that Asuka and uh, Kairi Sane were going to win the titles. And it was just a brilliant match. The, all four are amazing. Uh, all four are brilliant at what they're doing. They're all doing great work. Now, so it was just a pleasure to watch. Great. 
Yeah, I, I think, you know, I think over the, the whole COVID thing, three, the three women that have scared, in fact, probably the three wrestlers over the whole cards that come out, Bailey, Sasha, and Asuka. I mean, over the, yep. the last, the, the COVID lockdown have been outstanding. You know, they've carried, they've carried that, especially since Charlotte's come off screen as well. So There was a wee uh, fact on Asuka that got put up today, where over the past six weeks, She's been in four main events, three title matches, and amassed almost two hours in the ring across those six matches, wow. which is unheard of in, in TV. Yeah. So good to see her getting a push. Good to see her getting a push. Um, Scotty, thanks as ever for coming on and um, covering me this week, uh, making me look okay <laughs> after me forgetting to book anyone. So thanks for jumping in, Scott. <laughs> and remember, if you want to get your buddies and putovers in for the headline show with Rab and Gradle. Get on our Twitter at Wrestling Daft and on our Facebook Wrestling Daft. You can get that on now. It's that point in the show where we like to turn Japanese as the vapors play there in the background. Ah, the sound of the 80s. Um, so, the New Japan World Cup. It's not the New Japan World Cup, is it? It's, what is it? We're having an extra word in there. It's just the yeah. New Japan Cup, plain and simple. Okay, the New Japan Cup. Came to a finale at the weekend there. So, you know, throughout this, we've had our new feature, Turning Japanese, because one of our big marks on the show, Big Alex, is a massive fan of Japanese wrestling. And he's, if you're watching the Patreon version, you'll see he's wearing a T-shirt today. So he's a wrestling expert on Japanese wrestling. So he tries to convince us all who aren't that we should be watching it. Uh, Alex, some really good feedback on this feature. I have to say, we've got another fan to the feature who actually took the time to tweet this. So thank you, Kyle MacArthur, who says, I'm a massive fan of the new segment, Turning Japanese. I've always said for people to watch New Japan, and hopefully this gets more people viewing it. Thank you, Kyle. This is the beginning of a Scottish NJPW faction. We can be some kind of Bullet Club spin-off. It'll be fun. Most iron brew Gornables uh, do Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm no. going with that. Iron brew, brew Gornables. Yeah, so let's once again enter the dojo, Alex, and tell us what the hell happened in the New Japan World Cup final. Well, it was, it was a very busy weekend. As, as I've mentioned previously, it wasn't just the New Japan Cup final. We also had Dominion, which is right. their essentially summer slam. Okay, so that followed straight on from the New Japan World Cup final. It's So say, remember on the previous episode, I talked about how they usually run in tours. So yeah. uh, this usually sits at the end, but it's not normally just the day after. Ooh, so I'll right. be squished a little bit more with him having to move the cup due to the coronavirus pandemic. Although speaking of that, there was some crowd at both shows at the weekend. So there was there was it was a minimal crowd, but still quite a reasonable crowd. So it was strange hearing fan reactions and well with New Japan clapping so that was a nice little a nice little edge so the final of the New Japan Cup was actually very unexpected so I'd mentioned last week that Evil had won his semi-final against Sonata even though I'd had the prediction the complete other way around and Evil had went on to defeat Akada to essentially win the New Japan Cup in doing so turned massive massively heel and joined the Bullet Club hold on hold on with a name like Evil, he wasn't even a heel. He wasn't even a heel. So he was part of LIJ, which is lost in global, blah, 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 do your part. So that even I can't pronounce. Um, and 
So, like, during the match, um, some of the Bullet Club members had interfered, but they're essentially members who have a long-running feud with Okada. So it's like Okada's old manager, Ghetto. So you just assume Ghetto interferes in Okada matches all the time. It's quite common. But then at the end, Naito came out to congratulate his stablemate, Evil, and he turned on him. And then the, beat the Bullet Club came out and beat him down. So immediately we're presented with a main event for Dominion the next night that nobody's expecting. Wow. So heel heel evil with the Bullet Club against Naito. So it was so we then went on to night two and we had that match. And yeah, again, a massive, massive surprise. So Evil comes out with a bit of new presentation. He's now wearing some kind of weird band skirt, which is a bit of a strange choice. And it ends up having a very, very dirty match with Naito. So there's interference everywhere, there's run-ins, and the match ends essentially with Evil taking out both the referee and Naito by just chipping him in the neck and then proceeds to just stomp all over Naito's crotch like he's Daniel Bryan and then hits him with his finisher, pins him and becomes the new IWGP and Intercontinental Champion. So, yeah, I was, I was incredibly surprised. So not only have they got a new champion, they have a new champion who they've just raised up from the mid-card and I was expecting this very much to be a stopgap until they return to a bit more of a normal schedule and go back on track to what they had planned before. But they seem to have just just pulled one out of the bag and decided that, yeah, let's just change the programming. Let's just go in a new direction and build a new star. So there have been signs in the past that they're really quite keen on evil. I'm kind of calling it the Jericho connection because in New Japan, Jericho's only wrestled against five, five people. Right. So you've got Omega. Yeah. You've got um, Tanahashi, who's yeah. X, you've got Okada, uh, and then you've got Naito, all of which are your past four IWGP champions. And then the only other person he's wrestled on the roster is Evil. So they've always liked Evil. They've always pushed him. He's got a good backstory from being a young lion. So yeah, madness. Great weekend in New Japan. And just to top of icing on the cake, we also now have a British tag team champion. Oh, who's that? Uh, Zach Saber Jr. Ah, if you've never heard of Zach Saber Jr., I've, I've heard of Zach Saber Jr. I've heard of Zach, I've not seen many of his matches, but I have heard of him. Oh, the man wrestles like an octopus. It's fantastic. So uh, him and him and his stablemate Taichi beat Tanahashi and uh, Bushi to win the tag team champions. So that's their two of their biggest belts. Have both changed hands just at the end of a couple of weeks of programming, and not actually that much build towards either match. But good on them for completely changing the pace. I think that uh, the evil heel turn, I think, is one of the best heel turns I've seen as well, just for how quickly it happened and how unexpected. It was like the, obviously everybody knows the Bullet Club gesture, but that uh, the raising the, raising the fist and then just quickly turning it into the, the two sweep. And what was it, a kind of back, a leg sweep kind of move yeah, he, done? Yeah, he, yeah, he does like, that's his finisher. So it's yeah. essentially like the Russian, the forward Russian leg sweep. Um, but they, they sell it quite well in New Japan as they always end up like curled up in a little ball, like just like flipped over and folded in half. But yeah, it was excellent. It was weird with the fans. Definitely recommend it. So if you want some homework, John, go yeah. and watch any Zack Sabre Jr. match from New okay. Japan. Probably I'm a one-on-one. Not the one for the Cruiserweight Classic. <laughs> yeah, not that one. Not <laughs> okay. a New I'm, Japan I'm, match. I'm on it, I'm on it. Are we returning to the dojo next week, however? Or are we finished now that the cup is finished? Have you got more in the dojo? I mean, I can give you, I can talk retro, uh, retroactively about things and 
Well, there, yes, there seems to be an appetite for it out there, Alex. Everybody's everyone's crying out for the for the new the coming well, Japanese. Let's keep going. Stuff. Let's keep going. We'll do we'll do a profile on a wrestler or something that happened or something. I'll figure it out for next week. It's fine. Okay, it's fine. And t- just, and just t- wait t- until the G one starts again, John. I'll be I'll be dancing around like a happy little leprechaun or something. <laughs> happy little leprechaun in Japan. What? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to think of a better analogy no, that's, that's, than that? That's not a particularly good analogy, is it? Like? <laughs> Until then, sayonara. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Bad news. Bad, 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 bad news. It's the Wrestling News with Gary Casty. And this news has not been stolen from Ringside News. This is stolen from other sources. It's been stolen for just about everybody else. It's stolen from everybody else. Everybody else. Kedar, the Wrestling Observer newsletter. Yeah, yeah. Just copied and pasted from all the the wrestling websites I normally use. And Gary just talks through them. So, um, I'm letting you behind the curtain here, folks. Uh, Right, Gary. Brimming with exclusives, this podcast. (laughs) Brimming. Let's kick off with more COVID news because that's all we've talked about on the news for the last couple of weeks. And Kevin Owens is, you hinted last week at this, Kevin Owens is the man that made Vince wear the mask. Aye, so this is, I guess, somewhat an exclusive. We kind of mentioned it last week, I think, during the, I think it was during the biddies and putovers where a lot of people turned up on Raw last week who we hadn't seen for a while, one of which was Kevin Owens who had been away because he decided that because of, you know, all the COVID stuff and the measures or the lack of measures WWE had taken that he was going to be off television and then he returned. Uh, So I think it was a pretty obvious one to assume that the mask policy that came in on the same day as the tapings that he returned might have been a little something to do with him, uh, which is what we mentioned. But no, it's completely transparent. First mentioned by here as well, this segment goes odd and how. First mentioned by a journal, journalist, I can't even say journalist, how am I going to get through the rest? Pat Laprade uh, from Le Antipod de la Lute. That's definitely not how you pronounce it, but from a French podcast, <laughs> uh, <laughs> a French language podcast. Uh, and he had said that Kevin Owens was the guy that had gone to Vince McMahon to express concern about the lack of mask wearing. We didn't need to wait too long for a confirmation. Uh, that came from Kevin Owens himself with an interview with Justin Barrasso of Sports Illustrated. And he'd mentioned a, you know, a great deal of stuff where a lot of people that follow him on social media might have seen some of this, but his wife's grandfather, I believe it was, died um, because of COVID-19. And then that was part of his decision. He said that they always make decisions as a team, but they decided it was best for him to go back to TV uh, and start doing stuff. But you know, when he was there, he realized a lot of stuff had to change. The main one being the mask policy, which we did speak about before. And that is that all talents, 
uh, and all employees need to wear a mask at all times unless they are on television directly. So before they're on television, they need to wear a mask. The mask comes off, they go have their match, they go backstage, and the mask is back on. Uh, if they don't do that, first offence, $500 fine, second offence, and thereafter, $1,000 fine. So pretty big change uh, by Kevin Owens, but shows how much they wanted Kevin Owens back and wanted to keep him there if they were willing to go and change everything to, to keep him there. Astrid, do you think um, off the back of this, do you think it opened the doors for the likes of Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn to get back in the picture, or do you think... It, you know, it, with the obviously the surge in America, that's not going to be not going to be happening. I think it's an odd one because I think it's definitely a very personal thing. Uh, along with those names, there's a few other names. Riddick Moss is one that is staying home as well. Obviously, we didn't see a lot of him anyway. But he's what a big loss! What a big loss! The offensive <laughs> linebacker. We needed him in the twenty-four-seven title picture. It's the guy that pinned uh, Ricochet clean. So, <laughs> which I, I still hate. Uh, but yeah, so there's a lot of people. But you never know. I think it's the kind of thing that is probably such a personal decision in terms of whether people want to, you know, go back to, to competing. And I, I will say the measures definitely don't hurt if they are doing a lot more, you know, the testing, actually testing, um, the testing, the masks and stuff. It might persuade people to go back a bit sooner than they'd think. I know Roman Reigns had said that he uh, would be back sooner than people thought, but that was a while ago he said mm-hmm. that. Uh, he said he'd take the time off to be with his newborn kids and stuff. But, you know, things can even change since that interview. He could have decided, oh, I'll just stay at home. So it's an odd one, but if Kevin Owens changes his mind, who knows? I think, I think it's with Roman, you've got to kind of think about the other medical constraints. Exactly. Exactly. Sorry, John, were you going for that? I just saw it. No, no, no. That's exactly what I was going to say. You know, someone with a weakened immune system, they, I, mean, they sh- I mean, they should be shielding. They should be, you know, away from anyone. Someone that's had, you know, leukemia, especially God Almighty, you know, as I far mean, away from Florida as possible, never mind sure. anything else. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and more news from what I'm going to describe in this the subsection of this feature, uh, the wrestling news feature is COVID Corner. So, what else is happening in COVID Corner? I will say I hate the name before I go into it, but uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll keep going with it. So, yeah. Sorry, I'll pick something up. Sorry, I thought I'd leave it. The irony of John on the trading call. I know, I know, lost on everyone. Sorry, I apologise for that. Continue, Gary. So, Rusev, obviously, one of the names that Impact Wrestling Slammiversary is this weekend. It's not only the horror show at Extreme Rules, we have Slammiversary as well, where we know a a fair few WWE um, released WWE superstars are going to be appearing. One of the biggest kind of surprises that could have happened would have been Rusev. You know, no information as to how close that would ever be to fruition, but he's someone that would have definitely, you know, turned a lot of eyes on the impact. Definitely ain't happening uh, because Rusev has revealed that he is, or he has tested positive for COVID-19. So weird way, are... massive work could have just worked you massively. <laughs> <Sunday>. <laughs> you can't do that. You, can, you know, I said I've got a sick head, but even God, ah, it can yeah. work COVID. Oh, that it's no, not that. If... Got to do your COVID work. It's got to happen at some point. <laughs> but how far do you go with the work if he comes running out? Then the other wrestlers are going to be running in the opposite direction uh, <laughs> to stay away from him. So, but I, uh, it was an odd one because he revealed it on Twitch. So it revealed it while he was playing a game with Cesaro, a game called Valorant. Uh, and uh, he was asked if he was going to the gym. So completely, you know, 
really you know, innocent question uh, and he chose to reveal it off his own back that he said that he'd been told about the diagnosis. But it's not just him that's got it. Lana's mum and dad, uh, and our, I believe it was our mum that was uh, admitted to ICU as well and her father was bedridden. So I uh, worrying, and again, I believe they are people who live in Florida. So yeah. <laughs> I just, I just love how that's, I just love how that's coming in. It was Cesaro and you know Rusev playing a computer game. Like, you off the gym, mate? Nah, mate. I've got COVID. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? It's just casual it's become now, isn't it? I know, I know. That's, that's, that's casual. You like so? It doesn't look like Rusev will be that uh, guest. Uh, at Slammiversary then so I think you know Carl Anderson and Gallows it's getting you know the odds are going in your favour Gary thank goodness if, if it wasn't the stick on uh, by now then it's definitely all going in my in my direction but I believe there is a few other names going to be there as well right okay there's, there's definitely one because they've hinted at a former champion which people obviously believe to be Eric Young or EC3 but I believe as well as that there would also be another name or two there Oh, there we go, there we go, little uh, I hope, I hope we see a big EC3 return and a big kind of get EC3 back to the EC3 that EC3 should be. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, other news out with of COVID, I quite like this story. Uh, Chris Jericho said that he pitched Ryback to end the streak. I'm not sure if that's better or worse news than the, the stuff I've been talking about, in all honesty. Um, but yes, <laughs> so we, we all mentioned how much a genius Chris Jericho is, how he's one of these guys that's just constantly, you know, managed to reinvent himself. He's one of the greatest minds in wrestling, but he pitched for Ryback to, to break the streak. So <laughs> Listen, I am, I am right, I'm coming back for Ryback here, right? When he was going over people, you know, he was hot. He was really, they built him so well and he was so hot and then they, they, they really mismanaged him. Aye. I think they could have really done something special with him. And I, I think if he'd went on to break the streak, you know, went on a bit of a kind of Goldberg run, I think they'd really been on to something because it was really building well and then they fucked it up as pair. Aye, well. Because <sighs> yeah, he was a Paul Heyman guy and stuff for a while, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, like... yeah, yeah. There was a, so this was during his wee uh, Saturday night special that he does on Facebook. And he said uh, that it was before, uh, or sorry, it was full of praise uh, for Ryback, but he mentioned he was supposed to work with Ryback at WrestleMania 29, which was before he ended up facing Fandango. We all know how that went. Um, Fandango with the biggest win in his career and probably has never hit that height again, but nobody can take away for the fact that you beat Jericho at WrestleMania, uh, but he said oh, that because I think, of a theme song. Yeah, <laughs> man, I think it, uh, it got very high in the iTunes chart, so that speaks volumes. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, he said I think Ryback's great. It was a huge start that was kind of buried by politics, which actually goes hand in hand with a lot of stuff Ryback said over the years, anyway. Um, but he said when I worked with Fandango the year he came back, it was supposed to work with Ryback. That's what it worked at the time. Uh, that oh sorry, that's what it. Um, that's what they'd worked out at the time. There was another wee bit to this, actually, though, um, which, if you could see me frantically typing, there was something I remembered seeing earlier today on this, where he also got asked that night about the most unsafe workers in WWE. Don't know if any's seen this. Oh, can we guess? Can we guess who the unsafe great Alex? Right. One, one you never will guess. I'll give you one, and then I'll say I'll give you a hint to the other one. Right. So one of them was Tyson Tomko. No, oh, that's no. not a surprise at all. <laughs> like, 
One of them was Tyson Tomko. The other one is someone who's still with the company. And that's Ooh. all I'm going to say to you. Right, go what on. I'm say f- five guesses each, maybe. So I'll take it we're talking main roster, not NXT. It has to be uh, someone Jericho's worked with. Right, um, okay, maybe, okay, yeah. okay. So that Diajax, right. Oh, right, here we go. It might work with Diajax now. Um, right, so I'm going to go back to the most recent list. Kevin Owens. No, no, come on. I know, no, I know. He said, on, yeah. we, he said someone we weren't going to expect, right? So. Well, <laughs> the big show. No. 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 no, he's a good worker. Shawn Michaels. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a good game. Who's on safe? Christian? You can ask for hints as well. Um, feel free to ask for hints. Christian? Um, no, Christ- not Christian. No, not not Christian. Christian's, no, he's too slick. It's not somebody like that unexpected. It isn't somebody that's renowned for being incredible in the ring, but they're not no bad in the ring. Hey, Cali, surely. No, come on. Come on. He wouldn't be unexpected. No. <laughs> Is, are they quite a big talent? Are they quite a big guy or are they more of a, a kind of a cruiserweight? Yeah, no, big, big, I would say. Um, you know, not, not the big show, but big. Oh, I hope you're playing along at home here. Uh, right, okay. <laughs> this is all you need to add in the game show sound effects. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Could it, could it be someone from like around about Attitude Era? Someone like your... A bit later. A bit later. A bit later. So we're kind of talking like early, like John Cena era, kind of PG. Batista? Yeah, no. Oh, you're, you're, you're closer than you think. Triple H. Triple no, H. No, no. Randall ah. Keith. Randall, Randall, Randall no, Keith. No. Ah. He done something very memorable in Saudi Arabia. Big the Undertaker. No, <laughs> I feel like I'm throwing red herrings here. Oh, yeah, is it Braun Strowman because he won the greatest Royal Rumble? Nope. But you're, Shane you're close. McMahon. No, Shane you're close. Ray Wyatt. No, you're in the right pay per view when you say greatest Royal Rumble though. Um, in the right. Just give us after that show. I don't want to think. Yeah, about just give us it, Gary. Titus O'Neil. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, that's a good I feel guess. like the guesses were much more exciting than the, the actual <laughs> I think that was quite obvious now I come to think of it. Yeah, yeah. He's maybe not the safest. Maybe not the safest. Uh, and uh, moving on to the last bit of news, which was breaking just as we came to air, that the main event of SummerSlam has been leaked, and I don't think it's much of a surprise. Yeah, so I'm going to stick a little, um, I'll, I'll mention the news first and then stick out just a little bit, just as a disclaimer on this one. But this oh, is it Ringside News that reported no. it? <laughs> no, <laughs> okay. no. Uh, it's for Wrestling News, um, and they've said that Randy Orton uh, is going to be facing Drew McIntyre at SummerSlam, and that things might not be looking good for McIntyre because they might switch the title to Orton for when Edge comes back because they were meant to do that match at SummerSlam anyway. Mm-hmm. So the little disclaimer I'll stick out, Wrestling News, I believe it's WrestlingNews.co.uk, um, they have been right in the past. They're not someone that gets credited by a lot of people, though. Uh, they're not one of the sites that I go to regularly, so I actually didn't see this news. but. When uh, when it was flagged, I was like, well, that makes sense because everyone's been talking about the potential for this match because who's the biggest face in the company right now and who's the biggest heel in the company right now? You'd probably go Drew, Mac- Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton. They've got history. You know, Randy Orton's kind of at a loss just now. If he's going to beat the big show, then it's like, well, who's going to come back if they're not going to do a legend? 
uh, you know, a legend storyline again. So it's kind of an obvious guess, but that doesn't mean it's wrong in any way. The only flag that I put here, and this hopefully in no way is burying this website, um, you know, I, I would encourage people to go and make up their own minds on any any website at all, uh, apart from Ringside News. Um, but on any website at all, <laughs> go and make up your own mind. Uh, but oh, that's sports key, though. Don't trust that one either. <laughs> well, the, the thing about this website, which is why I'm a bit iffy, and it doesn't mean that anything's true or false by them, but the journalist that breaks their news is a guy called Paul Davis, who has no social media presence whatsoever. He's impossible to find. As a, in, as a journalist, that's something that's a bit odd. Because even Dave Meltzer or Mike Johnson, why would they know like the most prominent Twitter users? It's quite hard to find anything about Paul Davis. I have no idea who Paul Davis is. So that's the only thing that I'll say there. But in saying that, if you'd have asked me, having not seen this story, what's the most likely SummerSlam main event? That's probably the one I'd have guessed on. Um, but I would have had no knowledge of it. It would have been a guess. But yeah, if it does happen, big news. Uh, big well, news, definitely. Listen, just because he's not on Twitter or Instagram, <laughs> don't try and take this boy's credibility down, Gary, for goodness sake. I'm going to go on Twitter and post an article, an exclusive on uh, Edge's face, oh sorry, uh, Randy Orton's face and uh, Drew McIntyre and steal his exclusive because that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> Wrestling news will be after you now as well. <laughs> right, Gary, thank you very much. Um, don't be stealing any more news for next week, please. <laughs> We're not getting our summer holidays this year, so we've taken a trip out to Fantasy Booking Island, an island where anything goes in the world of wrestling. This week, uh, myself and Big Alex are lying on the beach, enjoying the lapping of the waves, while Gary Cassidy finds himself out in the wrestling daft draft, holding the book and telling us what to book in the world of wrestling. And what are we booking this week, Gary? I'm glad the wrestling daft raft has uh, stuck. I'm glad that's a permanent feature now. Uh, where where the the umpire, I guess, is what you'd say, resides. But yep, we've spoke a lot about the women of WWE over this episode, and obviously it is Women's Revolution Week. So again, full disclosure, I completely forgot that I won last week because it's such a rare occurrence, and I got uh, reminded of it yesterday and decided, ah, why don't we just book Evolution Two? So no restrictions at all. Just book the card for Evolution Two. Right, okay then. Um, let's, you've got, we decide who goes first, either myself or Alex, by the flip of a badge with Gary's face on it. Gary is going to flip the badge. John, you may have the pick. I'll be a civilised gentleman this week. I'll go for Gary's head. <laughs> and it's tails. First or second, Alex? You can go first, John. You can right, go I'll, Okay, right, start that. I'll get the timer started. Yep, I've got one here as well. Start the timer, Gary. Here we go. Right then, let's start off, you know, with pretty much every woman that's not on my main card goes into a battle royale because what <laughs> best way to get every bit of female talent on the telly than a good old-fashioned battle royale. And that battle royale includes um, everyone, pretty much everyone. So they all come out, all doing their entrance, your Dana Brooks, but the surprise... As coming out, there was a teased a surprise entrance into this uh, battle royale, and that surprise entrance is, you've guessed it, Tessa Blanchard, <laughs> who uh, goes on to obviously win the battle royale, puts her into number one contender for a title of her choosing, much like the Royal Rumble. So she will get to choose what title she goes for for winning the battle royal, and 
there we go. Moving up the card, we come to Shayna Baszler versus Lacey Evans. Um, this hasn't really been set up, and I know they're on different brands. However, I want to do this because Shayna Baszler basically bosses everyone as she does. Um, Lacey Evans decides to have a gimmick change, just goes into I'm an army woman, I'm going to take you down, Baszler. She changes her whole gimmick because I've wanted to see that happen for ages. And she comes out in combats, military looking dress, and she comes the face that she should have become when she turned face, the American sweetheart, the forces hero, and she goes against Shayna Baszler. So there we go. Uh, unfortunately, however, it's not enough to beat Baszler, and Baszler goes over. So there. Right, okay, let's move on to the tags. Um, Iconics are going to be the champions at this point because they deserve to have the tag teams because, as I keep going on, they're the only female tag team that are actually a tag team uh, and not just thrown together. And Kibuki they're going to go... What? Kabuki Warriors. Sorry, carry on. They were thrown together. Oscar and Carrie were thrown together. They were singles before they were a tag team. Alex, take that back. Um, uh, and we're going to have them against just to pop Gary, Ruby Riot and Shotzi, who are going to be a tag team, <laughs> and Nikki and Alexa. Um, and Naomi is also going to be in this tag team with a mystery partner who we find out at the last minute is, in fact, Ember Moon. I'm running out of time. So they'll basically go on, uh, they'll have the fight, but uh, at this point, Alexa turns heel on Nikki, so we get eventually that down, we get Nikki versus Alexa. Iconic still walk out as champion. Um then we have the match that everyone wants to see. It's Bailey versus Sasha for the SmackDown Championship. Uh, but there's shenanigans at the end. Uh, Sasha wins the title from Bailey, and then Ronda Rousey comes down and batters both of them, which sets up maybe a nice three-way down the line. I'm just about to run out of time, so we'll get on to the next one, which is the main event, which is Carrie versus Oscar with Hiro Shirai coming down um, to all sorts of shenanigans and Kyrie um, gets beaten and goes back to Japan and Oscar wins uh, with the help of Io Shirai who then gets herself a title match for the NXT versus Raw Women's Championship and I've totally lost track of time there. No, I liked it and I think we can forgive you and the time a little bit since you and Alex had a spat about the Kabuki Warriors. So, I was going to uh, say, yeah, you'd have to get a little bit. That was yeah, like, a wee bit of leeway in there. Uh, not to bother, but you so can just in summation, my card is Carrie, versus, uh, Carrie Zane versus Oscar, the Raw Women's Champion, with Io Shirai uh, getting involved. Becky and Sasha, um, probably a bit similar, but uh, Ronda Rousey coming down as well and wiping them both out at the end of the match. Iconics, Ember Moon, uh, with, uh, with Con Iconics versus Naomi with Ember Moon, Ruby Riot and Shotzi versus Nikki and Alexa with heel turn from Alexa in there as well. Shayna Baszler versus Lacey Evans with a gimmick change and Battle Royale uh, with... Tessa Blanchard, there we go. I like it. Um, I'm going to hold my comments until Alex uh, does his, just in case I mention anything that Alex has then got in his cult. Okay. On you go, Alex. Okay, so I went for a bit of a different tact, and I've put some restrictions in place, so no pregnant women, so no Becky, no Rhonda. I've also got to take Corona into consideration, so minimum people on the card. But well, Rhonda pregnant? Shit, I didn't realise that. Sorry. Well, she's not, but she's close enough. Right. She wants to be. <laughs> But we're going to be in Alex's extended universe where we're going to put, amalgamate the two tag team titles together and we're going to have a tournament. And WWE love their little names, so this is going to be Evolution 2. The danger, the deadly game. The deadly air game, because the first one was deadly game. Apologies, I fucked that up. So we're going to have a tournament, but there's also going to be a tag team match for the women's title in the middle of it. Now, 
we're going to have the commentary team. It's going to be all female. We're going to have Renee Young, Beth Phoenix, and Mickey James. Now, the entrants are going to be known before, but the matches are all going to be drawn at random. So I'll run them through as they go. The first match is going to be Oscar versus Liv Morgan, just to pop Gary. And they're going to have a barn burner of a match, but in the end, Oscar's going to win with a breakout performance from Liv. We're then going to have Alexa Bliss versus Bianca Belair, because that would be a really good big little woman dynamic with Bianca going on to win. We then have Lacey Evans versus Mandy Rose. Now, at this point, on the way down to the ring, Lacey gets the shit kicked out of her by Charlotte, because Charlotte was really pissed off she wasn't invited into this event. She brings China with her, the kendo stick, which is in my universe, <laughs> and like, Otis gets involved, Charlotte kendos Otis, but in the end, Charlotte goes over Mandy. Now, the other two names that were in this tournament were Bailey and Sasha Banks, the tag team. I should have actually announced all the competitors before I gave you the tournament, but it's too late. So the last match is going to be, and they'll find out just before, is Bailey versus Banks. Now, they have a really kind of like nice back and forth, but Banks ended up winning with a roll-up, so Bailey's pretty pissed off. Now, with the timings of the card, the next match is going to be the, raw, the tag team title championship match, which is going to be Bailey and Banks versus the Iconics. Match will start, and within the first minute, Bailey's going to backstab her Banks and just lay her on the floor and give the Iconics the belts. So you've got the little heel turn there. We're then going to have um, Iconics going to do a little bit of a rant, and then basically Beth Phoenix is going to stand up from the commentary table and she's going to go, "Let's be having you." And then Natty's going to come down and they're going to take them out and they're going to become your rock, their tag team champions. Right, moving on to the semi-finals. I've kind of lost track of myself here. So um, we're going to have Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. It's going to be a great little match. It's obviously going to be interfered with Bailey, who's going to cost Sasha Banks the win. So Bianca moves on to the final. On the other side of the bracket, we're going to have Charlotte versus Asuka, which is going to be another classic war between the two of them. We're going to have Kyrie Sane trying to get involved. Charlotte's going to lose her shit and just beat the crap out of Kyrie Sane and write her off television. And she's unfortunately going to go on to win that match because you can't have a match for the unification of the titles without Charlotte involved. So our final is set, Charlotte versus Bianca Belair. And Bianca damn well goes over clean after lots of shenanigans and nonsense from everyone else getting involved. Almost perfect timing there. Almost perfect timing. I apologize. I should have I should have got like named the list of my, my tournament competitors first. Because the idea was you build down and then you see with the randomization of the matches that oh, we're gonna have Bailey versus Banks in the first round. I, I I really liked both. The one thing that I was like, oh, Alex is just booking a May Young Classic. And then you said the tag team uh, championship match in the middle. And it turned into a kind of Queen of the Ring thing, which I really liked. The one thing I thought one of you was going to go for, and John kind of hinted it with the Lacey Evans military thing. I thought we were going to get some kind of Shotzi versus Lacey Evans as a military person. Tank versus person who has actually been in a tank. Uh, I'll be further down the line. I liked both. I particularly liked uh, John pairing up Ruby Riot and Shotzi, obviously. And I liked Alex uh, keeping canon with his own fantasy booking universe and bringing back the kendo stick China. <laughs> that, was, uh, that, that was good. And I would watch both of them. That's the both sound absolutely brilliant, but sadly, I think normality's going to resume. In oh Alex no way! Aye, sadly. Kyrie versus Oscar. Come know, on, Gary. Give us a doom winning the tag team championship, John. Beth Phoenix is standing up from the booth, doing like a Superman reveal of her wrestling gear. Then like Renee can put the wee crown on her head before she marches off into the ring. 
the, the selling point. Uh, so I loved the end of John's uh, event, but the thing was having two matches with if interference mm. and like championship matches. And yeah. the thing that got Alex over the the end was having Bianca Belair beating Charlotte Flair because I know that that's a match both of them have said they want to have, and Bianca Belair is brilliant. So that was that was the thing that just like, it. Now who goes here? <laughs> if you'd have had Charlotte winning, John would have probably won. And I'll, obviously, I love Charlotte Flair, but John would have probably won if Charlotte won that match. I, I couldn't not have Charlotte in it, though. That was the thing. I mean, originally, it was kind of Baszler just going hard. And I was like, no, no, you can't. It, it needs to be an established star that a Belair goes over in the final. With Aye. gritted teeth, Alex. Well done, son. Well done. <laughs> Bastard Gary. <laughs> <laughs> So that's it for this week's uh, Wrestling Daft the Marks. Thank you very much as ever for listening to our nonsense. Uh, remember, we go out twice a week now on Wrestling Daft with us on Tuesday and with Rab and Grado on a Friday. And this week, uh, we've got a couple of new things happening, so that'll be exciting. Um, and on the list of Wrestling Daft, we were asking you to, because it's uh, what we've talked about always Women's Revolution Week in WWE, and it's best women's wrestlers, or because it's Slammiversary, which we'll get on to in a minute, uh, the best moments from TNA. What do you think's winning that vote? <laughs> best moments from TNA. Best moments from TNA. Please tell me it was best moments from uh, TNA. It's the best moments from TNA, <laughs> which are currently winning that vote. So it looks likely that Gradle will have his moment and be speaking about the best moments from TNA on this week's show. Um, remember, he doesn't mention think- Kurt Angle with all the belts. I'll be very, 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 very <laughs> We will wait and find out. Um, so that'll be on Friday's show with Rab and Grado. Lots of wrestling going on this week, however. We've got Fight for the Fallen on AEW uh, this Wednesday. We've got Slammiversary on Saturday and then the horror show at Extreme Rules on Sunday. Um, so we'll just... Uh, Quickly knock through the cards as we normally do at this point. Fight for the fall. It's anniversary now on a Saturday. Yes, it is. So is that when have Gary? When have Impact changed their pay per view schedule? Is that quite recent? No idea. Um, so I was really confused by this up until this week. For some reason, I had Saturday in my mind, and then I was like, "Wait a minute!" Extreme Rules and Slammiversary can't be the same night. And I was like, "No, wait, Slammiversary is a Saturday, definitely yeah. is." But I don't know why or when they they made the decision. Probably maybe when WWE knew. said we're putting Extreme yeah. Rules on that day. <laughs> maybe they knew that it was going to be the case. But I Slammiversary on a Saturday, so yeah, so let's quick through. Let's flick through in uh, the order of the showings. Um, we've got Fight for the Fallen, which is just basically a TV show now, isn't it? Uh, which has just been—it's just to try and promote Mox versus uh, Brian Cage. Brian Cage, pretty much. So John Moxley versus Brian Cage, the main event. But we'll go to the AEW TNT Championship: Cody versus Sunny Kiss. Got to be Cody. 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 Um, FTR versus the Lucha Brothers. It's going to pain me, but it's going to be FTR as much as the Lucha Brothers should win that match as they should win every single match they wrestle in all of the time. And I'm going to get a throwback that just kind of came out of nowhere for me, the Elite versus Jurassic Express. Yeah, it's, it's three-man tag team banner, really, isn't it? Uh, it just came out of nowhere. So that, I mean, the thing is, though, it's like face versus face, which I'm never a big fan of anyway. So, um, But there we go. And John Moxley versus Brian Cage in the main event. This is, good. This is an interesting one. Where are we going with this one, boys? Non-finish. Non-finish. It might be wise, because I can't... This is the thing. Like They booked Brody Lee up so big and then had him fall immediately to Moxley. They can't just do the same thing with Cage, can they? And I can't see them taking it off Mox immediately. 
at the moment. Like, I oddly thought they were going to have Cage go over before they brought in the FTW Championship. And now because they've brought that in, I think they're going to continue yeah. with both belts. So I think it's definitely non-finished written all over it. Mm. Okay, okay. And then Brian Cage down the, the line to take the belt and unify the FTW belt with the AEW belt, I guess. I wouldn't be surprised, but they might wait for a bigger stage for that. Yeah. I, I'm now this guy. I'm not. I'm not a big Impact watcher, so we'll come to Slammiversary. You boys can deal with this one and tell me all about it. So we've got an unsanctioned Moose. Uh, Moose's unsanctioned TNA World Heavyweight Championship on the line. Moose versus Tommy Dreamer. Yeah. Aye, we'll be okay. Um, they done the thing where they had Moose bring back the TNA Championship again, like we kind of mentioned it earlier, like the FTW thing. Yeah, I think they knew Tessa Blanchard was not going to be on TV for a while, so yeah. they decided to bring the TNA back thing after they done a television special that was like a throwback to TNA with uh, with Manic and Suicide and all that stuff, which it was really good. But they brought that back just for some nostalgia. Yeah. Um... So it doesn't really matter who wins that one. Then Moose will win it, I think, but I think ha, that doesn't really matter. Has Tessa returned the belt? Because the last time I heard she hadn't returned the belt. I'm assuming it's back so now. I'd, I'd heard that apparently they had the belt um, at Impact, but I'm not certain on that, and I'm not, I'm not certain if it is the same belt. I'm going to be paying close attention to see if it's a replica or not, but I don't know if Impact sell replicas. Uh, but yeah, I've no idea on that. The last I heard was Impact are saying they've got it. But. Right, okay, okay. So we're not going to see the belt in the bin in any promotion soon then, are we? No. <laughs> well, Enzo Amore is going to be defending the WWE Cruiserweight Championship on the Indies. His own <laughs> WWE Cruiserweight Championship. So, we'll wait and see how that goes. Bro, um, Diana Perrazzo is on... Uh, this, this is her first show, Gary? Is this her first um, she has appeared on Impact several times. I think it's her first match in Impact, though. I don't think she's even done a squash match. She's yeah. mainly been appearing and putting Jordan Grace in arm bars. Uh, but the little caveat to this is she said online that apparently this match is to win the championship and a contract which was pretty, you know. Oh, that's, that's decent. That's a good, nice little spin. I have, I have, it's the women's division called the Knockouts cha- Knockout yeah, Champion. Yeah, yeah, it's been terrible. that for a while. Aye. They've, they've oh. never changed it. They only get away with it because the division is ridiculously strong and full of talent. Oh, right. it's, 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 they've taken the knockouts as in won't the right Aye. Eric Young, I believe, has been was the king of the knockout, called himself the Knockouts Champion for a while, or was the Knockouts Champion for a while. Possibly. Possibly, and called yeah. himself the king of the knockouts. There was like a him and ODB were like a couple. It might not have been Eric Young, but I think it was Eric Young. Yeah. Um, got the North versus Ken Shamrock and Sammy Callahan for the tag team championships there. The, the North need to win it. The North are brilliant. And I think everybody is choking to see the North versus Gallows and Anderson. And I think that might be the spot where we see Gallows and Anderson turn up. If right. they turn up. Okay. <laughs> uh, Willie Mack versus Chris Bay for the X Division championship. Going to be a good match, but again, Willie Mack, I've got a feeling there's not going to be a lot of title changes here apart from the one that is vacant. So I think Willie Mack is there. That's yeah, what I said good. about New Japan, Gary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then Pat World Championship Fatal 4-Way, Eddie Edwards versus Ace Austin versus Trey versus Mystery Opponent. Who's the Mystery Opponent going to be, though, Gary? I can't decide. It's either going to be EC3 or Eric Young, one of the two. And I think whoever it is is going to win the title. It's going to be I think EC3. they're going to... 
it's hard to be easy three. I think he's a bigger draw, is he not? Yeah, uh, he's a bigger draw than Eric Young. It's going to be easy. So surely. it's that thing. It's the same as AEW for me, where I'm like, I think a lot of people who watch the product would love to see Ace Austin win the title because he has like proper homegrown impact. He's yeah. gone for like being unknown to being brilliant in the space or whatever, how, how long. But it's the same as that Adam Hangman Page versus Chris Jericho match where people outside impact might not care too much about it if he wins it. Whereas if EC3 and Eric Young return and win the title, then it's huge news. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay, let's run That's down. Horror sure show Extreme. The rug, doesn't it? And they yeah. Kind of yeah. Um, let's go to Horror Show at Extreme Rules. Uh, Jeff Hardy, Seamus, Bar Fight. God almighty. Hardy has to win it. They yeah. need to give him something. Come on. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Alex, is that a full house? I think so, unless they just want to bury him out on the way to the door to AEW, but... Yeah. Uh, US Championship, a Paul Cruz versus MVP. Well, it has to be MVP just because he's got he's the one wearing the new championship. He's essentially taking the FTW championship. The new, <laughs> uh, he's doing that in WWE wearing the new title, so it has to be, surely. I think they should have made this a ladder match just because they introduced the new belt, but... There's no way MVP's going in a ladder match, by the way. He's been, that's why I don't think, I think it'll probably be a Paul Cruz because I can't see MVP carrying a belt because he's breathing his arse half the matches he's in. <laughs> and it wouldn't make sense unless you have Lashley turn on him or him turn on Lashley. It's, Could you not sense. put Cruz into that faction quite nicely? Yep. Yeah, yeah, I think they'd fit I mean, in I nicely. hate to say it, but they're all like very similar guys and I think he'd fit in quite well with them. I mean, he's just yep. now had that, that renewed push, but till like, say, like two months ago, he did nothing. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, Mysterio versus Rollins, eye for an eye. God almighty, it's going to be horrendous, isn't it? Right, Mysterio off WWE TV. He's apparently uh, working without a contract. I think we're definitely going to need to see, just because he wears a mask and already has a black to eye, it's got to be Mysterio, doesn't it? It's, you can't, unless they rush Rollins to an emergency medical facility uh, and, and put an eye back in immediately after. There's no way of continuing that storyline without having him wrestle on an eye patch. So I think it has to be a Rollins winning and then set up Dominic V. Rollins down the line, maybe. Yeah. Um, SmackDown Women's Championship, Bailey versus Nikki Cross. could be Bailey, isn't it? I'd love to see Nikki do it because she's been very entertaining, but it's going to be Bailey. The weird thing that got pointed out to me is Nikki Cross is doing all the media this week. Uh, she's she's the one carrying all the interviews for this. So sadly, I wasn't invited to other sports media journalists that uh, interview her. So that's me at the window. Um, but she's the one doing all the all the media. No Bailey interviews. Oh, oh, Nikki Cross. Normally that hints to a title change, but I don't think so in this instant. Yeah. So, no. Women's Championship, Oscar, Sasha, Oscar, got to be Oscar. I mean, unless they'd kind of maybe try and amalgamate, do like a Bailey Sasha for both the belts, but... Yeah. Yeah. Or, would... or have the, the other way and have both Nikki Cross and Sasha win and Jake switch Bailey and Sasha to Raw. Tom Fury, would Bailey come down to try and help Sasha and Oscar winning? Something like that to start the hinting? Tom Fullery would be a great wrestler name. That's <laughs> uh, uh. Uh, and Drew McIntyre, Dolph. That's obvious, isn't it? Stipulation TBC. What do you think the stipulation is going to be? Funnily enough, <laughs> you nearly hit the nail on the head with it there because uh, apparently a Facebook advert has it down as a TLC match. <laughs> right. But it can't be because they said I've never seen before stipulation. It's got to be like a no claymores allowed match or something like that. 
Right. <laughs> what uh, is this, the Vicky Guerrero Smackdown era all over again? That would be a shit <laughs> extreme rule. That would be a, no claymores or it would be a really shit extreme rule stipulation. Uh, well, uh, where's the extreme rules match? That's the one thing that's extreme rules without an extreme rules match. It's pretty well, like, pretty well. I think taking out someone's eye, as we talked about, is as extreme <laughs> as you get, to be honest with you. Uh, and Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt with an alligator swamp bite. Bray winning just to set up the title match with the Fiend, like Alex mentioned earlier. They can't have Bray losing twice. Well, they could have had him losing twice and then the Fiend avenges him. I think I think it's going to be that way around. To be yeah. It's going to be Braun winning and then then uh, Bray win the rubber match at SummerSlam. Because the logic would be like if if he beats Swamp Bray, sorry, if he loses to Swamp Bray, then that would mean that Swamp Bray was better than Funhouse Bray. So it would like totally bury new Bray over old Bray. We get what you're saying. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> so that's it then, Meg. Enjoy the wrestling. We're going to have a Patreon party. We're going to watch Extreme Rules next Monday night, as decided. So we'll do that. Uh, thank you very much for listening, as we say. Uh, until next week, keep marking out. Audio Frontier. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.